As you probably guessed from that song, we're talking about friends, right? Uh, we started a new message series last week about building community. It's a series through the book of Nehemiah, which is all about building wall in Jerusalem. And uh, if you missed our message last week, you can always listen to our past messages on our website. We talked last week about how you start alone quite often when you're doing something important. Uh, you may feel a passion about starting something and you may feel fearful because you're all alone in your vision and what you feel like you're called to do. But when you start talking about it and lighting a fire under people, quite often extraordinary things happen when you start something. And, uh, and, and so we're talking about building community. And I asked you last week, how are you going to start building community in your life? How are you going to start contributing to the building of the Connect Church community? And, and today, I, I want to talk from Nehemiah chapter 3 and, and make some observations about the building process, building together. And uh, we'll have some very practical applications of building the Connect Church community. Uh, Chris and I love to do things together. I, Chris and I know married couples, not very many, but every once in a while we run into married couples that, that really, really love each other, but they don't like to be together, all right? If, if you're one of those husband and wife pairs, I won't ask for a raise of hands, not today, but uh, Michael, them are fighting hand raises. JJ, stop it. I'm sorry I brought this up. Chris and I love to be together. Let's stick with that. <laughs> and, and as most of you are aware, if you were here last week, Chris came down with a nasty, nasty cold, and it just wiped her out. Uh, she missed church last Sunday night, and, and I always feel like when my wife is missing, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm missing my right arm, you know, because I'm just, I'm so dependent on her. And uh, I, I tried to get her to stay home from work on Monday, but she just had to go. There was stuff that nobody else could do, so she went to her job. And about noontime, she called me up, and she said, Russ, I'm just so sick, I'm going to come home. So she came home and went to bed. And, and have you heard that phrase, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? You know, that's, that's kind of how it was in our home, you know. Chris is so joyful and happy and, and bubbly, and when she's sick, they're in no joy, nothing. You know, even the dogs are depressed. And um, so I'm, you know, I'm just feeling like, I just don't like it when Chris is sick. It, I, I don't like it at all. And, and Tuesday she got up and she went to work and she called me on her way to work and she said, Russ, there's frost on the rooftops. And, and so what that means to me is it's time to pick apples. We've got a big apple tree in the backyard. So I went out first thing, as soon as she left for work, I, I got dressed and I went out and I got some big bins and I started picking apples and I got about half the tree picked. And I thought, I don't want to do this alone. It's no fun doing this alone. I'm going to save the rest of the tree to do with Chris. So later that afternoon, she came home, and, and her eyes were sparkly, and, and her, her spirit was back. And she said, I feel so much better. And I said, good, let's go pick apples. Let's finish the tree. And so we went out in the backyard, and we're picking trees. And, and uh, one of the things that happened to our tree over the summer is we had a huge crop of apples this year, and the, the branches weighed way down. And I didn't know that you need to pick off some of the apples or the branches could break. I didn't know that. I know that now. And one of the major branches that, that uh, the trunk is kind of split into two pieces, one of the major branches broke in a windstorm. And so we got all the apples off the tree, and, and I said, Chris, do you think we need to cut this branch off? 
Or should we try to repair it? And we're looking at it, and it was such a major branch, and the, and the crack goes straight down the trunk, we just thought we could really damage the tree by cutting this off. So we decided to repair it. So I'd had it propped up with a ladder, trying to support it. And, and so uh, I said, I'll hold the branch up. And Chris, you take the ladder back to the garage and bring me some twine. We're going to tie this up. So I'm sitting here holding the branch. And my sick wife, she's been hacking and coughing and sleeping. You know, she starts carrying. I'm holding up probably a five-pound branch. And Chris takes the 20-pound ladder and hauls it back to the garage. And I just, you know, I'm Atlas here holding up this tree, you know. And she comes back and she's got the twine and, and, and some, some other stuff and some pruning shears and everything. And I release the branch and it just stays there. It didn't even need my help, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then Chris starts hacking. All of a sudden she starts hacking and coughing. And, and I thought she was going to lose a lung at this point, you know. And, uh, and I said, oh... It suddenly realized, I suddenly realized that she was way too sick to be carrying ladders and doing all this work, and I'd just been completely insensitive. But I was so excited because we like to do this stuff together. Um, and, and not everybody's like me, but I prefer to work with a team. And in particular, I love working with my life, I, with my wife. I like doing things together. And, and here at Connect Church, we believe that doing things together is valuable. Uh, We believe that uh, building community is something that is one of our highest values and one of our highest priorities here at Connect. That working together produces uh, what, what social scientists call synergy. Have you ever heard this word? It's not in your notes, but if you've got your, your note cards, you could write this down if this is a, a word you don't know. Synergy, it's spelled S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y. Looks kind of like energy, but it has S-Y-N at the beginning. Synergy. Synergy means that when you've got a group of people working together on a project, you can usually get more work done than if those same people work individually. Synergy. And it's true. And and Chris and I can do so much more when we're working together than when we're working individually. Synergy. And this is one of the reasons why we believe that building community at Connect is so important. Uh, We believe that serving together and working together not only gets a lot of work done, but it builds this thing called community fellowship, friendship. If you're lonely here at Connect Church, I want you to know one of the best ways to build friendships is to get involved and work together. And not only will you get a lot of work done, but you can, you can really build some significant friendships. I really believe this. But here's one of the misconceptions about working with a ministry team in church. And, and you may have this misconception. Churches would disagree with me, but this is what I believe. This is the point of my message today. If you want to write this down in your notes, here's the point. I believe that in a church, everyone can build. We're going to see this from the book of Nehemiah chapter 3. Everyone can build. You may feel like you have nothing to contribute, or you may feel like you're not good enough to contribute. You may feel like there's people that have more qualifications than you that can get together and work. You may feel like you're so shy or you don't have good social skills and nobody will ever like you. I want you to know that here at Connect Church, everyone can be a part of the team. 
Everyone can be a part of the team, and we want you to be a part of the team. Now, we'll, we'll get to why I believe that from Nehemiah chapter 3 in just a little bit. Um, if you've got your Bibles this morning, or if you've got Bible software on your, on your iPhone or your BlackBerry, uh, I want to encourage you and invite you this morning to turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. Uh, Nehemiah is the book that we're walking through. Last week we covered the first couple of chapters. Today we're just going to camp out in Nehemiah chapter 3. And I want to uh, invite you to open up your Bibles uh, because you're going to want to check some things out as I walk through this chapter this morning. There's not going to be a lot of verses up on the screen, and I'll tell you why. In fact, I'm not even going to read very much of Nehemiah chapter 3. Do you want to know why? This is probably one of the most mind-numbing, boringest chapters in the whole Bible. I'll just tell you that, okay? And, and if I were to read this chapter to you today, you'd start throwing things at me or you'd just snooze or whatever. It's just, it, this is one of those books in the Bible, there's several of them, that's just a list of names. There's a billion names in Nehemiah chapter 3, and it can be really boring to read, but it's in the Bible for a reason. Nehemiah chapter 3 has an important purpose. It teaches us who can build, who can be a part of the team. And when you start dissecting Nehemiah chapter 3 apart and doing a little bit of study, you find some really cool things. So I'm going to make some references to different verses in Nehemiah chapter 3. And if you've got a Bible that you can reference, uh, you can look at what I'm, what I'm talking about as we walk through this. Let me give you a little bit of a visual of what's happening in Nehemiah chapter 3. I, I want to show you a couple of maps. This is all about rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. The Jews had been uh, in exile for many years. They had been defeated by Nebuchadnezzar, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and they'd been taken off into slavery. And uh, they, before Nehemiah, they had come back to the city and they'd begun rebuilding the temple. But the wall was in disrepair. The character Nehemiah had this vision that the wall needed to be repaired. The, the city was susceptible to attack, and so this whole wall that you see in the perimeter of the city, it needed to be rebuilt. Now, Jerusalem is built up on what, what the Jews call a mountain. By Montana standards, we'd call it a little hill, uh, but, but it's, it's built up at the peak of this mountain because it was more difficult for enemies to gain entrance to the city if it was up on a hill. And so they would build the wall up at the top of the hill to provide fortification. With the wall being destroyed and, and broken down, the people were vulnerable to an attack from an enemy. And so this is what the city probably looked at. Uh, let me show you the next image. When we uh, start reading through Nehemiah chapter 3, uh, Nehemiah's... Oh, I can do little hand puppet things. I don't think I can reach. Oh, there we go. This is cool. All right. All right. There's the sheep gate. If you read through Nehemiah chapter 3 later on, you're going to hear that... You're going to read that Nehemiah starts at the sheep gate. All right? And then he moves over to the tower and the tower of Hananiel and over here to the old gate. This is the broad wall and the tower of the ovens. And Nehemiah chapter 3 just lists all of the people. I'm not very skilled at this. 
all of the people who work on all of these gates and all of these sections of the wall. And if you just read through Nehemiah chapter 3 without seeing a map like this, it might not make any sense, but Nehemiah is describing each section of the wall and who provided reinforcements to that wall. And so today, what I want to talk to you about is how to build a wall. I've got five observations from Nehemiah chapter 3 on how to build a wall. And the application for us is, is how does this apply in our lives to building community? At Connect Church, we're building community. We're building relationships. We're building friendships. And, and the principles that apply to Nehemiah building a wall apply to us building community as well. Here's number one. Number one is build together. Build together. If, if Nehemiah had gone to Jerusalem and had decided that he was going to build this wall by himself, it, it, he could have built for a lifetime and it would have been impossible for him to do all the repairs. He might not have even been able to finish one of the gates or one section of the wall. It was a monumental project. But he raised a veritable army of people to rebuild the wall. He started alone. He had the concept and he shared it with people, and he lit a fire under people. But when the people came together, the project got started. And in the same way, it takes an army of people to build community at Connect Church. It, it, it can't be just my job to help get you guys connected in friendships. It can't be just Pastor John's job, or, or Shoni, who's the director of small groups. She can't force you all to be friends. It takes all of us making the commitment together to build community. And I want to ask you this morning, where's your place in the building project? What, what gate are you building? What section of the wall are you building in the Connect Church family? I believe passionately that everyone can build. Every person in the Connect Church family can build a part. Now, this isn't just a Nehemiah concept that everyone can build or that it takes a team. If you think about the, the ancient Christian doctrine of the Trinity, you can see that even God believes in teamwork, that God believes in, in togetherness. Think about, think about the Trinity. The Trinity is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we know from the scriptures that God sent his son, right? John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he sent his only son, right? That's what it says. But, but God wasn't the only one at work. Jesus willingly came and he offered himself as a sacrifice for sin so that we could be forgiven the penalty of death for sin. Jesus came and obediently. And then when Jesus died... The Holy Spirit stepped in. Romans 8.11 says that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together brings salvation to all of us, right? It takes teamwork, and it's, it's a part of the very fabric of Christianity, togetherness, building together, working together, developing community. And so the first thing I see that we need to do in the building process is build together. Now here's number two. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Second thing I see in Nehemiah chapter three is that the people put on a tool belt, even if it doesn't match your shoes. <laughs> put on a tool belt, even if it doesn't match your shoes. Al, who is the winner of Fancy Feet Sunday today? Who's the winner? 
Michelle? Michelle, awesome. Congratulations. Will you come up and, and share your fancy feet with us? Wow. Those are fancy feet. Awesome. Now, I have a tool belt for you. Oh, will you put it on? All right. It's pretty heavy. Okay. All right. You getting it? Okay. Now, you have to model for us for a little while. We lost, we lost your square. You've got all kinds of tool, tools in here. All right. Put on a tool belt, even if it doesn't match your shoes. Now, you think this goes well with your shoes? It matches good enough, all right? But many of you ladies, I can tell you, my wife would not want to wear this tool belt because it doesn't match her shoes, right? And, and probably a lot of you would feel that way. But, but what we see in Nehemiah chapter 3 is there was this great, diverse group of people that were willing to work even if it didn't fit what they did normally, all right? Let me give you four examples. I think these are in your notes if you want to write these down. In, in verse 1... We see a man working on the wall called Eliashib. And he was a priest, and his brothers were priests. And so he would wear priest shoes, nothing like Michelle's, but priest shoes probably didn't go with a tool belt. But this is what I see about him. He didn't assume that he was too spiritual to work. He didn't assume that he was too spiritual to work. What I see sometimes in church life is there's people who have spiritual gifts. They like to exercise spiritual ministries. And when it comes to doing the hard labor of of building community, things like vacuuming and cleaning toilets and those unglamorous things, they're too spiritual to work. In Nehemiah chapter 3, we see that that even the priests didn't think that it was beneath them to do some hard work. Here's another guy, Malchijah in verse 11. Malchijah in verse 11. It's kind of interesting when you do a little, uh, a little deeper study, a little cross-referencing on Malchijah, uh, we find in Ezra that Malchijah was a sinful person, all right? Uh, he had married a woman who was not a Jew, and that was against the law, and the spiritual leaders had come to him and had confronted him on his sin, But he didn't assume that he was too sinful to work. That's another thing that I see sometimes in the church, is there's people that feel like, I can't work, I can't be a part of the team, I can't be a part of the community because I'm too sinful. I want you to know today that everyone can build here. Everyone can build. Don't assume you're too spiritual, but conversely, don't assume that you're too sinful. Those spiritual or sinful shoes there you got on, sister. They're just good looking. All right. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. Don't assume, don't assume that you're unqualified to work. Don't assume that you're unqualified to work. Uh, in verse 8, we find a couple of guys working on the walls. Uh, Uzil, who is a goldsmith, and Hananiah, who was a perfume maker. They weren't builders. They didn't wear a tool belt like this. They were people that were doing, working with precious metals and fine fragrances, and they were doing beautiful, intricate, delicate things. And going out and grabbing a shovel and some mortar and placing bricks, that was outside their comfort zone, I'm sure. But they didn't, they didn't assume that they were unqualified to work. And I want to encourage you here at Connect, don't assume that you won't fit anywhere. 
everyone can work. And then on the flip side, again, don't assume that you're overqualified to work either. This is one of the saddest verses in Nehemiah chapter 3. Verse 5 says this. Next to certain people, the Tekoites repaired the wall. Now listen to this. But their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Some of your versions might say they wouldn't stoop to serve their overseers. In other words, these were people that were so noble, they were so royal, they were so pompous that they weren't going to do anything. They weren't going to do manual labor. But I appreciate Michelle because even though she has gorgeous shoes on, she's willing to put on a tool belt. I think she deserves a good round of applause. Want to take it off? <laughs> Is it heavy? Pretty comfortable? All right. You're awesome. Thank you. I'm going to grab it right there. All right. And thank you to Bill Conkler for supplying such a nice-looking tool belt this morning. Put on a tool belt, even if it doesn't match your shoes. Here's number three. The third thing I see in Nehemiah chapter 3 is that they started with the gates. They started with the gates. Now, if you, if you think back to those, those maps that I showed you a little earlier, uh, you saw that there were, there were solid lines where the walls were, and then there were entrance points. The gates were critical in building a wall of fortification because the gates were places of entry and exit. And when you were building a wall for defense against your enemies, the gate was the place that was most vulnerable. Because if you were going to be attacked by an enemy, they would start at the gates. They weren't going to start by scaling the wall. They were usually going to try to find a place where the gate was weak and they could penetrate it. And so when Nehemiah started repairing, they started at all those different gates. And you can scan down through Nehemiah chapter 3, and you can see this gate and that gate and another gate. And throughout the chapter, they're focusing on the gates. They started at the gates, and then they worked out. Now, how I would apply this to building community at Connect Church is that there are critical entry points that it's very important for us to focus on building in our Connect Church community critical entry points. Here's several of them that come to my mind. Uh, We have on-mission events from time to time. These are one of the ways that we are reaching out to our community and people who are far from God. We're reaching out through our ministries like Free Love, our 4th of July outreach, and we're just expressing the love of God in 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 a practical way. And I was so excited Last 4th of July, we had dozens and dozens of Connect Church volunteers in black shirts. I see, Dan, you're wearing your Connect Church t-shirt. Stand up and model for us, would you? Nicely done. Those those t-shirts were everywhere. All of our volunteers. And and do you know that over the last couple of months, we have had increasing numbers of people that have come to visit Connect because of free love. And on their connection cards, they write, I heard about Connect through free love or through 4th of July, whatever. It's a critical entry point. We spend a lot of money and we we ask you to volunteer because it's a place where people can come to Jesus. Uh, As much as I hate to admit it, Christmas is not far away. Uh, But Christmas is one of those on-mission days. Do you know that people who don't go to church are more likely to come to church on Christmas and Easter than any other day of the year? 
It's a critical day for us to be welcoming and well-staffed and well-functioning as a team so that we can welcome new people into our community and hopefully encourage some people to make a commitment to following Christ. It's an on-mission moment. Uh, Our kids' ministry and our youth ministry are critical entry points. Uh, Our our kids' ministry was one of the areas where we had huge emphasis from the very beginning. Uh, But youth ministry was something that took us a very long time to get traction going. But we finally have the ministry up and running, and we're very excited. And it's so important that we reinforce this ministry because it's one of the areas that people in our community are looking for a church that ministers to their youth. And, and so if, if you're interested in serving in youth ministry, it's a place where you can build the community. It's a place where you can make friends with other people that love teenagers. And, uh, and that's an area of, of entry. Our Sunday services are, are an important area. Uh, this is one of the primary ministries of our church and and where most people come first would be a Sunday service. They don't often come to small groups first or or anything else, but but we need Sunday services to to be a place that functions well. It's it's one of those gateway places. And specifically, we have some needs for people in our greeting ministry. Uh, Our greeters are some of the first people that, that our visitors meet. And it's essential that our greeters are people that love people, that have smiles, that can be warm and welcoming, and, and they love people. And uh, Vicki, you're one of our greeters. I see you asking, are you a misfit for that position? Is that what you're saying? But you fake it really well. I'm just teasing. <laughs> It's one of those critical entry points that need reinforcement from time to time. We start with the gates. That's the places where it's critical to build community. It's not that any other ministries are unimportant, but the the gates are where we need the most reinforcements. I had somebody this morning, uh, you probably saw the scuba divers as you came in this morning. We've got some scuba divers out here, and, and Colt's dad is here visiting from up Chester, and he came and he said, you know, I think Connect Church might need a ministry to scuba divers. And, <laughs> and you know, maybe someday we'll have a ministry to scuba divers, but not today, because we're reinforcing the gates. Those points of entry are the ones that are critical that we make sure that they're well-maintained, they're well-built, and they're well-staffed. Does that make sense? Here's number four. I see in in Nehemiah 3 that people were building where they lived. And and here at Connect Church, I would encourage you to build where you are. Build where you are. In verse 23, we see that many of the workers started building the walls right outside their homes. It was convenient. They lived there. They had the tools, so they just got a shovel and a pickaxe and whatever else they needed, and they began building right where they were. And so here at Connect Church in our community, let me ask you, uh, what's close to home for you? What's close to home to you? Do you have kids? Kids ministry would be a logical place for you to serve if you've got kids because it's close to home. Do you love the donuts? Get involved in our food prep ministry and our hospitality. That would be a logical place for you to to serve. I'm looking at Margie and Randy over here. Uh, They have New Day Bakery in Belgrade, and they supply our donuts every week, and they've donated them to us for years. 
It's a perfect example of building where you live. That's, that's what they do for their profession, and so that's what they do for ministry at Connect Church. And they also volunteer with kids and lots of different things. But if, if you don't have a place of serving and connecting at Connect Church, consider something that's close to home and close to your heart. And then here's the last one that I see in Nehemiah chapter 3. Number 5. I would encourage you to make repairs. In Nehemiah chapter 3, if you read it later on today, and I hope you will take the time to just walk through this chapter now that I've taught on it, the word repairs you're going to find is used 35 times in this one chapter alone. They weren't just building a wall. They were repairing the existing wall. And that word repairs, you can write this down in your notes if you're taking notes, is the Hebrew word chazak, C-H-A-Z-A-Q. And this word is an interesting word. It was kind of surprising to me when I started studying this out. This word means to strengthen or to encourage or to make something strong. Do you see the application here in our community? Strengthening, encouraging, making something strong. And here's one of the critical things about being a part of the team here at Connect Church. It's not just about getting tasks done. It can't be just about getting tasks done. It's got to be about encouraging and loving people. It's got to be about building people up and repairing the broken places in their lives. It's got to be about repairing the broken places. Uh, I, I would love to know, but please don't raise your hands, but Michael probably will anyway. But I, I, I would love to know how many of you would say you came to connect and you were broken when you got here. Uh, many of us came and we were broken and we needed somebody to make repairs. That's what being a part of the team, that's what being part of the community is all about, is building it back up. Let me read some scriptures from the New Testament to you. Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. That's me. And then Paul says their responsibility, these leaders of the church, their responsibility is to equip who? God's people. Some of your Bibles say the saints. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and what? To build up the church, the body of Christ. Do you know what, friends? It's not my job to heal all of you. Okay? It's not my job to heal all of you. It's my job to equip all of you to heal one another. And when we all understand that, that we all have a place in the body of strengthening and healing and making repairs, then this place is going to be a healthy, healing, wonderful community where people are built up into a, a beautiful place filled with the Spirit of God. Romans 15 says this. This one's kind of one of those ones that socks me in the, in the gut. Uh, we must not just please ourselves. When I read that this week, I had to say, ouch. Anybody else? That's kind of an ouch one. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. An unhealthy community is one in which people come and they're demanding that they be ministered to. 
A healthy community is one that comes together and says, who can I heal today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I strengthen today? How can I build in this community? Because you know what? You're going to find that you get a lot of healing when you start focusing on healing other people. That's just the truth. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, or a revelation, or a tongue, or an interpretation. What's he saying in that sentence? He's saying, uh, when people come together, they ought to have ministry gifts ready to go. Everybody should be a part of the team, okay? But the next sentence says this, everything must be done so that the church might be built up. And, and that last sentence, I think it's really interesting how it's phrased. Two, two parts of that sentence. First, everything must be done, Okay? We can't, have, we can't have any parts undone. Everything has to get done. But again, it's not just about tasks. The second part of the verse says, so that the church might be built up. We, we get things done so that we can build together and encourage one another, bring repairs, bring healing and encouragement. Last week, I, uh, I handed out uh, note cards that had Ephesians chapter 2 on them, and I know many of you took them, but if you weren't here last week or you didn't get a card, would you raise your hand? And we want to get these cards out to you. Um, Shoni and some of the others are coming. If you can uh, get those out real quick. I asked you this week if, if uh, you would just read this card every day for a week. And uh, I'm always encouraged when I ask people... <laughs> I'm always encouraged when people call me up in the middle of the week and they say, Pastor Russ, I was doing what you told me to do this week. Uh, so I hope you took a card and you put it up somewhere where you could see it. And uh, I've been reading this scripture all week long. It's getting into my heart. And if you haven't yet got one of these cards, I hope you'll take one and that you'll read it often this week. Here's what it says. It's up on the screen if you don't have your card with you says this, you are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you. And here's the building together part. He's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. And we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. This this paragraph is different than the other scriptures that I read because the others talked about us building each other up. This is talking about the fact that God is building. God is the one doing the work, but how does he do it? He uses us, doesn't he, to create the building. And so I want to encourage you to start building together. If you're not a person that has jumped into a ministry team and is building the community, I hope that you'll take on that challenge. Let me close by giving you four next steps this morning. Number one is not that, Davey. I heard that. Number one is drop your excuses. Davine said drop your drawers. I don't know why. I don't know why that came to your mind, Davine. And I don't know why you said it out loud. But They're newlyweds. That's... 
Drop your excuses. <laughs> you should know me better than that, Davine, to know alcohol. <laughs> Drop your excuses. Here's the truth. A lot of times we make excuses for why we can't jump in. And I, and I talked about those. Uh, I'm, I'm too spiritual or I'm not spiritual enough. I'm too sinful. I'm, I'm underqualified. I don't know what to do I, or I'm overqualified. I, uh, this isn't for me. Drop the excuses. All right, drop the excuses. And number two, I want to encourage you, if you are not yet in a ministry team, I, I want to invite you to join one. Uh, Chris made new name tags for all of our volunteers yesterday. Chris, did you count how many? You don't know. We've got 80-some volunteers at Connect Church, I think, that we have name tags for. That's awesome. That is awesome. But, you know, on a typical Sunday, we have about 200 people, including kids, that come to Connect uh, in, our, in our two Sunday services. And I, I think it'd be great if we had, instead of 80, we ought to have 160 volunteers who, who are ready and mobilized building the community. If you're not yet in a ministry team, would you commit today to joining a ministry team? We've set up some tables out here, and, and when we're all done, our ministry team leaders are going to go and stand out, out there, and you can walk down and see the different areas of ministry that need volunteers and if you're not yet in a team, I hope you'll meet some of the leaders and sign up for, for a team. Uh, here's, here's what we have needs of. Uh, my, my wife is the leader of the hospitality and the greeting teams, and, and we need some more people in that area. Those are the people that are at the doors and the people that are preparing the food. Uh, Terry Casson, sitting up here in front, is our leader for the projection ministry. They're the ones that put up all the stuff on the screen, and they do a great job. But we're really, really short-staffed. And, and Terry was talking to me this week and saying, Pastor Russ, we've got to have more volunteers. So if you have an interest in computers or skills there, or if you can just push buttons, we'll train you, uh, and you can talk to Terry. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to dumb it down. That's not what I meant. Shoni is, is the leader of our small groups, but she also oversees all of the cleanup that, that happens on Sundays and, and putting everything away. Uh, most Sundays, Shoni cleans all of the windows in this place, and most Sundays, she cleans the bathrooms by herself. And, and, and again, it comes back to this thing that some of us feel like it's, it's beneath our position in life to scrub a toilet. Maybe you could find a heart of service and sign up for those teams. Uh, John will be out there looking for people to help set up. Or if you're a musician, you want to be a part of the music team. Uh, Beth, who's back there at Projection this morning, will be out there to meet people who are interested in youth ministry. We desperately need more people in youth ministry. Uh, Terry Christ is sitting in the back, and she'll uh, be out there for people who are interested in prayer ministry. We've got a bunch of people. We've got effective prayer warriors. And if you uh, want to be a part of the team, you can talk to Terry. Um, I don't think I even asked you, Steve. Uh, Steve is back there running sound today, but he is going to be our construction manager for the new building. If you have skills in construction, we would like to do as much of the work on the new building with volunteer labor. And if you have skills, would you talk to Steve and sign up on the sheet out there uh, for what you can do, what, what your skills are? Uh, and then, of course, prayer ministry. Jen's going to be out there along with Bruce, who's stepping alongside Jen. And uh, we need lots more volunteers for kids' ministry. When we move down to Four Corners, our, our kids' ministry section is going to expand. We're adding a whole other class, new curriculum, new activities. We're going to need a bunch of more 
That was good grammar, wasn't it? A bunch of more kids' volunteers. Here's number three in your next steps. Start repairing and building. And, and this is more for those of you that are already in a ministry team, all right? It's easy to get focused on tasks, and it's easy to forget that the purpose of all of this is to love people and build them up and make repairs. Would you make it your focus to become an encourager in everything you do? Become an encourager in everything you do. This week I was, uh, I was working in my office and I checked Facebook. A lot of people communicate with me through Facebook. And, uh, I, and I logged on and here, uh, I don't remember what day it was, Monday or Tuesday, I think, uh, Facebook had changed everything, okay? Those of you that are on Facebook, you know what I'm talking about. Everything was different this week. And I started reading down through everybody's status and everybody was mad and I hate Facebook. And I'd just been studying all this stuff about being an encourager. And I thought, those poor Facebook people, you know, they're working eight, 10 hours a day. They're working at providing a free service to all of us that just use it. And then we just complain and gripe and complain, you know, and, and, and I think probably because I'd just been reading all this stuff, it just made me kind of sad. So I wrote a status remark and I said, I like the new Facebook. Might not be true, but I wrote it. (laughs) But do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes we just become critical and complaining and nitpicking. And you know what we become in a community? We, We become wrecking balls when we're critical and complaining, and when we have a spirit of encouragement and repairs, we start building the wall instead of tearing it down. Last next step that I want to ask you to do. Last week, I asked you to read your Ephesians card every week. I'm going to take it one step further. I really want this to get into your mind and into your spirit. So if you've taken a card, would you do this this week? Would you read that card to yourself in the mirror out loud? once a day. And I'm going to do this with you too. And I want, I want Ephesians 2 to just get into our minds and begin transforming the way we think about ourselves. Does that make sense? Read it out loud every day this week. Next week, I'm going to be talking about fighting together. Fighting together. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 4 talks about how when they began rebuilding the wall, there was all kinds of opposition that came against them. So I'm going to be talking about spiritual warfare and how we can guard against the attacks that come when we start building a healthy community. I hope you'll be here for that. I want to invite you to join our ministry team leaders out there. Um, Some of our prayer team members are going to go over here for prayer ministry if you need some more prayer uh, beyond what we did earlier. We're going to wrap things up by worshiping with giving and the offering to God of our, of our offerings and uh, returning our tithes to him. So you can prepare for that if you want to. John and the band, Vic, if you would come. Um, we're going to sing one more song as we worship in giving. And then I'll release you. Find somebody to pray with you if you need prayer. Uh, find one of our leaders if you want to volunteer. Uh, I'm not kidding. I hope that this morning we can get 50 or 60 new volunteers ready in our teams and we can build this community together. Can you say amen to that? Let's stand together. Would you bow your heads with me, please?
Just before, just before we sing and before we give, I, I, want to, um, I want to lead you in a prayer. So if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and you have not yet said yes to Jesus and received the forgiveness that he is offering through his death and his resurrection, I would love nothing more than to lead you in a prayer uh, of, of receiving the cleansing and the forgiveness of Jesus. And so I'm going to ask everybody in the room to repeat this prayer together. And if you're coming to Jesus this morning for the first time, would you pray this from the depths of your spirit while, while we all pray together? Would you, would you say this prayer with me? Dear Jesus Christ, thank you for loving me. Thank you for offering your life as a sacrifice for my sin. I know I'm a sinner, and I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me. Bring me back to the Father and change my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, would you do me a favor? Would you mark it on your connection card that you made a commitment to follow Christ today? And I'd love to be able to share some next steps with you. We've got a class that's just started on Sundays for, for people that are just coming to faith in Jesus. I'd love to help you get hooked up with that. If you need a Bible, we've got free Bibles back there. And uh, we just want to help you grow. So, all right, let's worship in giving. You can stay standing. Drop your cards in the basket too, if you would. And let's sing with Victoria this morning.